0: This week on the Unabated podcast, Captain Jack and I ring in the new year, talk about our new year's resolutions, and make some bold predictions for 2024. It's a great show. Let's get to it. If the guy goes unabated, that's yeah. a new word, unabated. Hello, everyone, and welcome on into the Unabated Podcast. I'm Thomas Viola joining me as always, Mr. Unabated himself, Captain Jack 2000 in the year 2024. Jack, Happy New Year. Uh, it's great to be here. And for this first show of 2024, just going to be you and me today. No guests mm-hmm. this week. We do have some fun ones coming up next week. I'm going to be sitting down with Peter Jennings because you're taking a nice little vacation we're going to be talking some nfl playoffs here but we're headed into the last week of the nfl season oh man it's such a weird time of year to be thinking about but how was your new year oh my new year's was good
1: uh i you know i as you might expect i'm not much of a party animal so it was a just uh grilled up some good food and uh enjoyed my evening and
0: uh, watched some bowl games there on New Year's Day. It was it was a good time. How was your uh, new year there, Tom? It was good. Uh, much more low-key than previous years, but I accomplished my goal of being able to remember it. So it was, uh, there you go. yeah, didn't wake up with a massive hangover to start the year this year, which was a good thing. And I kept to my New Year's resolution from last year, which I was really happy about. I wanted to focus on my physical fitness, working out more, stuff like that. And I looked up a picture of me from January of last year versus January of this year. And I was like, sweet, we're happy with that. We're happy we stuck to a resolution for the year. And this year, I'm excited to turn my focus more to some betting resolutions. And that is going to be what we're talking about here today Because for this first show, we're going to be breaking down a couple different things here. We're going to be talking about New Year's resolutions for the gambler, both our personal ones and some for just everybody. And we're also going to be making some predictions. We've got bold predict. We've got normal predictions, lukewarm, mild predictions. <laughs> and then we're going to have our bold or rabiata prediction. We're each going to make one massive swing for the year as well. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun show here, Jack.
1: Definitely. Yeah, let's kick it off with these resolutions. So uh, you start. What's What's one of your resolutions for 2024?
0: Um, my number one resolution and the most quantifiable one that I do have is a change to my own betting habits. I want to track my bets a lot more rigorously. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year I was definitely able to do a lot of this. Like I was just using bet stamp and no, no shade to bet stamp the product at all. Uh, I like using them for at the very least the basic tracking, the tracking the wins and losses and how much money you're up or down. But I'm using the unabated spreadsheet that Jason was so kind enough to build for us and that you can get if you are a member of the discord, or if you just look on our Twitter, we've got it posted everywhere for people, but I'm using that spreadsheet and I want to be much more diligent tracking my closing line value, things like that. Um, and just having a more in-depth tracking for my bets in 2024.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. There's so much you can learn from looking back at what you've done and and tracking it forward uh my only you know my only word of caution about that is sometimes you fall down the rabbit hole of of trying to always establish a high score mm-hmm. you know like you play a game you always want to beat your best your high score you, c- you can't do that with sports betting you can't uh, walk into it thinking that you can establish a high score all the time there's going to be some some slides and some funks that you get into and uh you know, there's going to be times when you're you're just uh, well below where your all time high was. So as long as you're okay with that, I think I think tracking is a great idea. Um, I
0: definitely had to keep that in mind. Like when I had a particularly rough October this year, and I watched hmm. that all time win figure slip down, and it was just oh, I I crossed back under some milestones that I had set for myself and that I had mm-hmm. accomplished. I definitely feel that. Yeah, my you know my
1: problem always used to be. I always wanted to maintain this like number average mm-hmm. and I was, I would get myself too wrapped up in saying, Oh, I'm, be- I'm behind average. I got to get above average to get back to average. And it's, it's basically like chasing losses, but you're, you're chasing numbers on a spreadsheet Yeah, for who, for what there's, there's nobody that's going to get. And when I look back on spreadsheets, I've, I've had tracking results from 10 years ago, I don't remember why there was a dip there, or why uh, you know the chart kind of went off kilter there for a little bit. It doesn't matter, you know that that money's long been established. It's not like uh, I I give two thoughts to that day where I didn't hit my average back in two thousand fourteen. So yeah, uh, look if you, if you if you to to borrow a line from Ted Lasso, if you can have the memory of a goldfish, it's really going to be beneficial for you uh, when it comes to well, maybe not a goldfish, but when it comes to tracking everything, it's it's good not to dwell on all time highs.
0: Yeah, I I I, I want to focus on like tracking my closing line value. That's that's my next step here, and I know that one of your resolutions is uh, not quite closing line value related. Here, you're doing something a little bit different.
1: Yeah. So uh, look, I've reached the point in my career where sometimes you just got to mix it up a little just to see how it goes. So. This year, what I'm doing is I'm not tracking my wins and losses. It's um, a bold I'm strategy. Tracking... Yeah, <laughs> I know. The, the tax man loves that. No, uh, look, I can at any time, I can look up my wins and losses. I can figure it out. They will be, you know, I will tabulate them from time to time. But for my daily tracking, I'm only tracking my EV, expected value. Because I want to just see, if I focus just on EV, how much different my approach will change. Uh, I think it'll be harder to do negative EV things if I'm tracking EV, because that's going to be a negative number on my sheet, no matter how much I try. If I'm making a negative EV bet, EV bet it's, it has a negative EV consequence. So I'm just going to track EV for a while, see how this goes. Um, I, you know, it could go two ways, Tom, because I could I could probably approach it and be like, okay, I'm just, you know, seeing this number continually increase. There's no real losses. If you're always making positive EV bets and you're only tracking EV, your number is just going to go up and up and up. But I could also see myself looking at this the same way I just talked about uh, potentially not wanting to look at it in chasing these numbers and and comparing yourself to a spreadsheet. So um, this isn't my main resolution, but this is something that I'm doing this year. I'm just going to track EV for a while. And for those of you who are wondering, well, don't you need to track wins and losses for tax purposes? Uh, I file as a professional gambler. If you listen to our podcast episodes with the Zach, the CPA, uh, I file as a professional gambler. And so my... Wins and losses are netted into Schedule C. In other words, they're a, above line. So I don't need to declare wins on one line and declare losses on another line. It's all uh, just netted into the Schedule C. So I can keep my own records the way I please as long as I can you know, verify them to the IRS if they ever want to, to see them.
0: I am actually looking forward to tax season this year. Well, you know, as, as looking forward to it as one can be uh, solely because... I have completed a full year here at Unabated, and all my time before this has been as a freelance contractor for uh, like the various jobs that I've had. It is very, very much less complicated plugging everything into TurboTax for me this year. I'll tell you that much. True, and
1: uh, you probably had a little bit more withholding this year working for a W-2, so you're going to
0: get that money back. So, yeah, that's always how people look
1: forward to tax season. mm
0: mm-hmm. Um, When it comes to tracking EV, though, that's something that definitely parlays into my next uh, resolution. I want to be more diligent, and I know that this isn't a quantifiable resolution, but I notice myself having streaks where I'm doing really well with just playing the unabated odds screen, playing plus EV bets, and it goes to my head, and I start thinking that I'm way smarter than I am and that I can actually handicap some of this stuff that I have no business handicapping and then that's where that's where the majority of my losing is coming in. And I want to get back, and I want to truly focus in 2024 on staying away from those bets. I'll make some recreational ones from time to time, but I want to stay as diligent as I can about only making plus EV bets this year.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good one. I I call it God complex when mm-hmm. you win, 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 and you just think, well, I can't lose. Yep. And, uh, you know, for me personally, it used to come up when I'd play like video poker because I'm like, oh, I, you know, I, I can hit a Royal Flush anytime here. I can hit four of a kind, whatever I need. I'm going to, you know, turn this around. It can't be this bad. I, I win at this. Uh, no, it's a negative EV game. It's going to, you know, suck you dry after a while if you let it. So, no, I think that's a great idea, Tom. And, um, you know, we did the circa uh, million pick em pool this year. So uh yeah I would encourage you to uh not do your own
0: handicapping. <laughs> yeah. It was it was it was not pleasant. Although I did get a few of those Jets games right. I'll give you that. I'll give you yeah. that.
1: What was uh what was this Baltimore Miami game you were talking about to me last oh, week? Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> that was oh man. We can we can forget. I I was pleasantly happy as a Ravens futures ticket holder, but Same. Yeah. I, I thought Solely based on the fact that the most unexpected, no team has been able to be good for two weeks in a row this season. It has been so absurd, but Baltimore finally looking like the real deal here.
1: Yeah, no, we're seeing who the real deals are in in the NFL right now. So, um, okay. And my next resolution uh, is to avoid burnout this year. Um, You know, look, it was a pretty public display that I made of myself back in the fall, and uh, it didn't quite, you know, it's not my my best moments. But uh, it was a result of burnout. It was a result of of just trying to do too many things and uh, just getting very short fused uh, towards uh, towards the fall there. And one of the things that I'm always telling people is you need to pace yourself when it comes to sports betting, because sports betting will take all the time you give it and still ask for more. And I didn't listen to my own advice. And I gave it too much time. And it gave a lot of things too much time. And so I think it's wise to figure out the days that you can take off and take them off. You know, um, I I tell people this all the time. I hate betting baseball. I love betting baseball, but I hate it at the same time. And every year I say to myself, okay, come June 1st, I'm done until maybe preseason NFL, but I'm taking at least two months off. And every year I get to June, and I just don't feel like I can afford to take the time off. I need to keep working at it, or I, f- I figure some angle out that I I want to keep playing. And I end up betting through June, July, August. And then the NFL comes, and I'm feeling already kind of burnt out because I've just done eight straight months of of just grinding. So this year, I, I'm not saying I'm going to take those months off because, quite frankly, in the past year, I discovered there are some other summer sports that are wildly prof- profitable, thanks to... Uh, unabated and so yeah i'll probably keep betting but i I need to take time off in spurts Uh, days you know maybe a week here and there maybe a month in the in the summer i don't know but i need to avoid burnout this year
0: i i like that a lot one of my resolutions last year was to spend some more time with my family and i was very happy that i was able to do that uh is for a lot of the time for the first stretch of my career out of college you feel that pressure of you have to be there and you can't you can't take a weekend off and i mm-hmm. missed something like I, I i don't remember the i don't remember the extra sad the weekend that i spent working at v they certainly don't but i remember <laughs> the weekend that i spent snowboarding with my dad like mm-hmm. it, it's having those priorities in order the right way and knowing when it's okay to say okay i can take some of this time for myself and that's a good thing so i definitely sympathize with the avoid burnout resolution there my last one is uh again trying to set goals not goal posts i uh i want to build a player model by the end of the year probably for nba not something that i intend to be able to bet with but i want to be able to put something together that is functional and works that will be the progress that i want to see out of myself for this year when it comes to being able to start originating Hmm. that's that's ambitious it is. Uh, but I think it's
1: totally doable. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, and I know you well enough to know, you know, all the tools you need to put together to make this happen. And you have some assistance in some very talented people. So I, I'm looking forward to see what you come up with. And, uh, you know, if you ever need somebody to kind of
0: test it out, let me know. Much appreciated. Yeah. I, it's, I, I, I want to start taking those steps. I feel like over football season, we've been so busy. I've plateaued a little bit in my gambling knowledge and, Well, I know I'm not at the peak. I want to keep going, keep going up. And it's time to start focusing on on that again as we're leaving football season and a little bit of the busyness behind.
1: Yeah, definitely. Do you have one more? No, uh, probably not, no. Uh, I was gonna segue us into the predictions. Let's do it. So, all right. I, I think it's kind of fun to look ahead and try to figure out what's gonna happen. So we have two sets of predictions here. We have the regular predictions and we have the bold predictions. Anyone that watches the NFL Network on Sunday mornings and their pregame marathon that they do, uh, they know that they have these bold predictions. And these are things that I think they've hit maybe one of them in three years. Uh, these are things that they just take wild moonshots. We're going to get to those bold predictions in a minute. We're going to start out with some things that actually could happen. And I'll, I'll kick us off on this one. Uh, I think we're going to end 2024 with less sports books than we began with in 2024. It's just basic economics. There's too many sports books that are trying to do the same thing, that have very little market share. Uh, They have very little footprint in states, and they don't really have any competitive advantage to get ahead in the market share. They're just basically existing. A lot of them have been waiting for internet casinos to be legalized, and that's where they're really going to make their money. However, the landscape for internet casinos continues to be a little bit uh, murky. It it doesn't look like we're going to get legalized internet casinos in uh, too many more states in 2024. And I think that's going to cause some to exit the market. I'm not going to name names, but I think some of the lower tier recreational style sports books uh, just aren't going to make it through 2024. Now that by the way, let me caveat that and say I'm just talking the regulated markets. your money's safe, even if the sports book decides to close up. the regulators make sure they have proof of funds. I don't want to you know don't want to worry anybody.
0: Yeah, this is very much not a uh, not not a time to panic kind of prediction. Yes, yeah. um, I mean, hopefully we see some more sharp sports books starting to pop up, and maybe just some people trying to do things different. We're already seeing that in the landscape, like Prime Sports coming into things. Mm-hmm. Um, we see it in the exchange landscape, which we're going to talk plenty about in these predictions. But yeah, it it's tough to see things continuing on the current path of expansion without some consolidation coming. And we've already seen it. I mean, here in Vegas, we saw it with the Caesars-William Hill deal.
1: Uh Yeah, and it's gonna continue.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully things work out for the best for the betters. My first prediction, I think the prize picks and underdog are going to find themselves in a major legal battle to keep operating in several non-betting states by the end of the year. I think this is the year where we start to see states finally go, okay, hang on a second we're not entirely sure that what there's going to be a time within 2024, where we get a full definite concrete definition of fantasy sports versus betting and skill-based versus luck-based. Yeah, I agree. Um, look,
1: the only thing that underdog and price picks have on their side is that DFS betting, whatever you call it, is state by state. So, they, it's going to be a a fight they have to fight in multiple jurisdictions. Um, And that actually helps them because not all jurisdictions are going to approach it the same way. Some might just kind of give them a slap on the wrist and say, oh, just pay us a fine or pay us more money and, and we'll make this go away. But a major fight would be like California, which is the fourth largest economy in the world. And they, it's going to be a major influence on the profitability of those companies if they have to fight for survival in California. And You know, it's been pretty evident that DraftKings is setting their sights on underdog and prize picks. They're taking them on with this pick six product. So, yeah, I agree. I think there's going to be a lot of court time for UD and PP in
0: 2024. What do you got next?
1: Uh, Let's see. I think in-game props are going to be hugely popular by the end of 2024. We, this is basically how things have been going for a couple of years. We wanted to get more live betting. We wanted to get more micro betting. We, and when I say we, I mean the operators, the industry itself. We wanted to encourage bettors to bet more often. And we know that the bettors love the props. They love the DFS pick them stuff. And so this is kind of the, it kind of brings it all together. There's going to be in-game SGP, in-game player props. And, you know, anytime there's something new that's kind of coming on, that's an advantage for sharps to, you know, figure it out before the operators can get it right. So keep an eye on in-game props. I think there is definitely some possibilities there for a for a sharp sharp better.
0: My next prediction, I think in 2024 it will be remembered as the year DraftKings enters Nevada. Oh. I think that uh, I think this is the season where it finally happens, where they finally break through the great firewall of Nevada sports book and, and casinos. Uh, we already see it with the fact that they acquired the Golden Nugget; they've got their foothold, and I think this is where we see them start to make that move as they go to expand into one more state.
1: Yeah, you know, Nevada is a tough silver nugget to to uh, break and. The reason, because it's an old boys' network there, and everybody knows it. And DraftKings has been taking a lot of steps to win favor. They've made big donations to UNLV and University of Nevada. And so, yeah, I, this could be uh, the the year that it happens. That's not a bad prediction. I, I like that prediction.
0: You uh, to see
1: a DraftKings-branded book either downtown or on the Strip. Yeah.
0: I, I hope it happens, and I hope that we can finally start seeing some expanded betting menus here in this state. Mm, yeah. That's probably further off than 2024, though. I, yeah, there's so many
1: regulations in Nevada that just gum things up. Uh, mm. They can't get out of their own way sometimes. Okay, my other prediction is I think we're going to have record handle on the Super Bowl this year. That's yeah, not very bold. We've been hitting records every year, but this year just feels like the people are in tune with the betting this year, more than they have ever been. And I hope we don't end up with any kind of controversy, a uh, referee controversy in the Super Bowl or, you know, some kind of cries of a rigged game. I I have very little tolerance for stuff like that. Um, there's, But I do think this is the year we set new record handle numbers. I should have done my homework and should have looked up last year's handle numbers. The trouble with handle numbers are they come out state by state and some states don't differentiate the Super Bowl, and some states are like a month and a half behind in reporting. So you can go into like April or May before you're ever going to get the final number. Uh, But the major states like Nevada, like New Jersey, like Colorado, Pennsylvania, New York, they'll have that number out within a day or two of the game. And I think those numbers will be record setting.
0: I like it. I like it. And, you know, just touching on that referee controversy thing and the cries for a rigged game. This week made something and maybe this, this is a, you know, we're making predictions here. This is a bold prediction, but it's not for 2024. It's for well beyond. Um, Jack, I think within your lifetime, the NFL is no longer the King in America.
1: Hmm. Uh, you should have made that your bold prediction. Cause that's, right. uh,
0: but, but the thing is it's not a 2024 prediction. So yeah. I can't, but I've been thinking about this and this week with the lions game and that whole fiasco, it, it it's every week we're talking about the referees. We're talking about problems in the sport. And you look at the NFL product that we have had this year. It, you got the countless injuries. You have the complete desire to just over-legislate the game. Uh, everyone who wants to ban the hip drop tackle in the NFL should be forced to sign a list so that we know who is and isn't allowed to complain when the, uh, when the ref show comes back next year. It, you, this, this sport doesn't need more rules. It needs fewer rules, and it needs better officiating. And I think that we, within the next 30 years or so, are going to be hitting that point where everything is coming together, where the NFL is delivering a subpar product. You already have the fact that the talent pool diminishes every year because parents don't want their kids playing at the youth level anymore. And eventually, all of this is going to come back, and it's going to start catching up with this league. They're not going to be in this perfect spot forever. Yeah.
1: No, I I, look, I I actually agree with all of that. I think the NFL is uh, potentially a dying product because basically it's it's like gladiator sports for modern Mm -hmm. man. You know, it's there's a lot of people that are uh, they get involved in playing football because that's their way out of poverty and things like that. A lot of the South. Um, And, you know, it is it really worth it to have all of these people kind of cheering them on, and we know the effects of cte and that it's a ninety was it ninety five percent death rate uh, for for people that get cte and and it's almost a guaranteed that they'll get cte from from playing football. So yes, it's look, I agree with all that. to the point though, of that Detroit Dallas game that everyone's making such a big deal about yes, that if that that was a referee goof that happened, but what did what did that affect? I mean, Detroit had already guaranteed they were uh covering the spread with the uh going for two there because they were either gonna lose by one or win by one. Uh I believe everyone, all the sports books basically said most of their action was on the Dallas money line, which that ended up hitting. So it's not like the sports books had called the referees and said this is the side we need, because it wasn't the side they needed. So I you know, anytime that the the public gets up in arms about the referees, you know, what it must have been on this side of the game. Well, then go bet that referee side of the game. You know, if they really think that that's how simple it is, well, then go find which side the referees are on. Um, it makes it a lot easier. Of course, that gives a rise to all these Twitter idiots that claim they have rigged games that they can sell people. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they, maybe you shouldn't follow my advice.
0: Well, my problem with the referee goof wasn't what well, wasn't any any semblance of foul play or a rigged game. It's just the fact we wager real dollars on Like every week there's a new referee controversy. You need better officiating. You need the official, the officials to simply be better at their jobs because mm-hmm. eventually it's going to get to the point where people are like, this is ridiculous. It, you, eventually people are going to get tired enough that they're going to, that they're going to turn it off. That's, that's going to happen. If you keep having these egregious mistakes like this, it has nothing to do with the integrity of the game there. Although, the other bad thing that is now happening to the NFL with some of these is you're starting to see the first people taking a look at stats of referees like, oh, this team has covered the spread this many times with this referee as their official. Mm-hmm. And that is very, very bad for the sport because it's mo- you see it most prevalent in the NBA, which is a sport that a lot more people agree is rigged sometimes because of the fact that like, we had the Tim Donaghy scandal, we had all that and it, it's bad. It's a bad look for the league. It's bad PR. It's the same thing with boxing or, or fighting sports where, Oh, the, the judge's decisions. There, there are a lot of questionable ones for that. You need people to trust the integrity of the game. And the NFL does not want to start going down this path, but this is all, well, it's a different conversation of a of different predictions because, this is for much, much longer than twenty twenty four.
1: Yeah, and th- and this isn't this isn't anything this podcast really gets into. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's worth talking about it anymore. Yeah, you know, it's if you believe what you believe. Mm-hmm. You know, my position is the betting market solves all. So yeah, let's get into our bold predictions. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> After oh, all no. of that, let's get into one the ones that are gonna. I be I real actually moonshots.
0: I actually do have one more non bold prediction for you. And it actually oh, okay. doesn't, it actually does involve football, but this is my final actual prediction for the year 2024. We will see in the next NFL season an ESPN branded betcast.
1: Oh, yeah. I would, I would hope so. Like, I mean, they've, yeah. they've leaned into this so much that I think they already do it, don't they? Don't they do like a version of, the Monday Night Football. I know they have the Manning cast, but I think they already.
0: I don't know. I don't think I don't they do. But, no I'm, talking though, like, but... I, I'm talking about like I'm talking about like we're going to have a broadcast. We're going to have an ESPN broadcast for a Monday Night Football game that explicitly talks about spreads and totals.
1: Okay, I think we already have, but I don't. I don't know for sure. No. Um Maybe it's not one that's been broadcast on TV. Maybe it's just been streamed. But yeah, uh, maybe. yeah. Uh, here's the thing about those betcasts, like ah. It's just a bunch of guys sitting around going, okay, he's two points closer to his over. Oh, okay, yeah, it's, it, a rebound towards his over. It's
0: like, not valuable information. I'm just out. saying that we're finally going to get to the point where we can talk about spreads and totals on a broadcast.
1: You know what? Here, I'll give a shout-out. Uh, Doug Kazarian did a bet cast for uh, – he's got some new startup venture that he's been doing since he left ESPN. Uh, but he did one for the semifinal games, the college bet football semifinal games. And Doug did a really good job of explaining – Okay, if they get a first down here, this is where the line's going to go. If they don't get it, this is where the line's going to go. And he was very accurate. He's, you know, he's seen enough of the markets that he knows, you know, how the algorithms work for in-game uh pricing. So, shout out to Doug for uh, a very informative betcast. He did both games, which was that's a marathon of just sitting there yeah. going, you know, oh, now the line is this.
0: That's a lot of work, but good on him. Yes,
1: and he did it just him and his dog.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nice. All right, Jack. Let's get into some bold predictions here. Do you Mm -hmm. want to go first or should I? Uh, You know,
1: I'll go first. Uh, So my bold prediction is that in 2024, the FTC is going to rule that uh, exchange betting is not sports betting because there's, there's not a house involved. And as a result... Exchange betting does not fall under the Wire Act, and it does not fall under the uh, regulation of the states. It's not a state thing to regulate. And I believe the the Federal Trade Commission is going to legalize exchange betting. And so betting on a, an exchange would be legal in all 50 states, and there's nothing the states can do about it Wow! Uh, because it'll be on the federal level. And if that happens, that's probably the death knell of sports betting, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. But it would be really cool to basically open up sports betting to the entire U.S., uh, no matter what each state wants to do.
0: Wow. Yeah, the The ramifications and the implications there are so far reaching.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if it would be a good thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it, it probably like, wouldn't be actually yeah unwrapping all of that but wow that hey these are the bold predictions these are bold the bold predictions yeah these are the 100 to 1 shots that we're taking here on this they're probably not coming true but i i could see it in the landscape it could certainly happen my yeah. my bold prediction here um i think there will be a and i'm not going to name names i think a sharp book will be bought out buy a more recreational by larger more recreational book Mm. in the year 2024 might be borrowing that prediction from somebody else here just a little that's definitely not a good thing no definitely not there would be a
1: lot of crying and gnashing of teeth with that scenario
0: Mm -hmm. but i don't know i think that this is going to be a very pivotal year for sharp books and figuring out how they can get market share and how they can grab a more recreational better who quite frankly does not care about price. Yeah.
1: Uh, it'll be very, very interesting. I think there's a lot, um, that needs to change in how sharp books are approaching the industry. You, you kind of called it there. You can't just keep telling people our product is the promo mm-hmm. and you know, it's because we offer better prices. That's why you should play with us. The public doesn't see it that way. Um, you need to find another hook. You need to basically show them, Hey, you look. You bet with us, you lose less. That sort of thing. Rather than try to differentiate by price, it's the same thing, just spelled a different way. Yeah. So yeah, uh, look, I we'll see. I probably neither of our bold predictions are come true. I think our regular predictions have a good, pretty good shot of coming true, mm-hmm. and um, our resolutions, hopefully, they have a good shot of of coming true for each of us.
0: I think so too, Jack. It has been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to another exciting year of the Unabated podcast, of all of the awesome stuff we're doing because, hey, the YouTube channel is really taking off. People should be checking us out on there as well. Check us out, youtube.com slash unabated, where Jack has been doling out some fantastic video content. and We will be continuing to do just that throughout the course of the year. And of course, as always, you can head to unabated.com check us out today. Use the promo code TV for a free five-day trial. And if you use the link in the description of this video slash podcast, uh, you can even go on and set up a one-on-one demo where myself or Johnny Moe or one of our fantastic customer service guys will sit down and walk you through the tools all by yourself, just you and them, so you can ask all the questions you want. Um, it really is fantastic talking to you guys when you come on for these. Uh, it's great helping people out. It's great showing you the ropes. And it's also great just i talking and I've made I've made a few friends. I, I have a couple of people who I met through some of these one-on-ones who I'm actually just still texting and doing some betting stuff with. So great. yeah, it, it has been great. Highly recommend you guys feel free to use that link. Sign up today. Of course, give us a follow, give us that rating and five star review. You know the deal. Help us out. Grow the podcast by telling other people to listen. If you don't like us, tell your enemies, trick them into listening instead. But for now, that is going to do it for us. We will see you for the rest of the year. And I'll be back next week with Peter Jennings talking some NFL playoffs. Best of luck to everybody. And as always, let's cash those tickets.